Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's Secret Golf. It's what I'm looking for. The Open Championship gets underway tomorrow and, well, we are so excited. I'm excited. It's my favourite one of the year, but I would say that being from Scotland. Anyway, it's the Secret Golf Podcast. I'm Diane. So tomorrow morning, well, we'll be setting the alarms nice and early to get up to watch the 148th Open at Royal Portrush in Northern Ireland. We've got six of our secret golfers in the field and uh, can't wait to see them, especially after this week. They've been sending us content from the course and from their practice rounds. That's on all of our secret golf social media, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Just search for secret golf. But we've had stuff from Mark Leishman, from Patton Kazai, Actually, one of my favourites is all the holes have names. So the 17th is a 408-yard par 4 called Purgatory. (laughs) So that's going to be fun to watch. But it's a downhill par 4. And, well, if the wind is right and if these guys are big enough hitters, they could be going for the green. Patton actually stood at the top of the hill well, a little bit down it, and dropped a ball just to show how fast that hill is. And he didn't even, like, throw the ball hard and it made it all the way to the green. That video's on our social, so you can go and have a little look. And also we did some stuff with Russell Knox, my brother. So we filmed him at TPC Sawgrass just before he was going over to the UK. He went through his decision to switch out his five wood for a two iron to play Lynx Golf. And also he was talking about with his driver, he's not one of the biggest hitters on tour, but he said that he really plays around with his tee height a lot, depending on the conditions for Lynx Golf. So we got some really good video on that. And this 
$2 training aid that he swears by. That video went live today. He works with Bradley Hughes, who's a secret golf coach too. And yeah, $2, that's all it cost. And he said that it's made such a difference to his game and that he thinks it could do the same for pretty much anyone. So go and check that out on our social media. So on this podcast, I am talking to Michael McEwen, who's a Scottish golf writer. We get him on for the Open every year and well, he's at Royal Portrush. So we'll be getting his takes from the other side of the pond. But to get going, well, we had to get our favourite on because we always want to talk to him, well, anytime, but especially the week of a major, it's Colt Nost. So Colt, you have a week at home this week, but you're not feeling great. No, I'm not at all. I've caught a cold somehow. Um, but, you know, it's not all bad. It's 110 degrees in Scottsdale, so spend a lot of time on the couch this week yeah, watching exactly. the watching the Open Championship. Yeah. Who wants to be outside in that heat anyway? Exactly. I do not. So, um, the Open Championship at Royal Port Rush, what you've seen and heard about the course so far, what are your initial thoughts? Yeah, so, I mean, I've watched a lot of the coverage so far, and I guess they have a complete diff- opposite wind of what they're going to have once the tournament starts. Um, I know it's been warm, and the wind's been out of the north, and it's supposed to switch out of the south and actually rain. So it'll be interesting. Like Gary Woodland in his interviews today said with the wind direction, the way it is right now really favors the longer hitters, but mm-hmm. that could totally change when the wind switches. So um, he, he also said that he thought this golf course more than any other of the open championship courses favored a really great ball striker. Okay. Let's talk about the big hitters because you mentioned Gary Woodland, who's one of the biggest out there. And a real defining characteristic of Lynx golf is the fact that it does get really firm. It does get fast. And is the role of the driver going to be less than, say, some of the other majors that we've seen in the U.S. or a regular PGA Tour event? Yeah, it definitely could be less if the wind switches like it's supposed to. If it stays the way it is right now, um, they're talking about hitting a lot of drivers and I've heard the rough is just rather really green and really lush. And so it's a big penalty if you hit it in there. What do you think are the biggest differences between almost like the target golf of a regular PGA Tour event and then going over and playing Lynx golf in the UK? Uh, just you have to use your imagination more. Um, you, you know, you, you, there's the option of running the ball up a lot, but I've heard that's kind of out of play as well at Portrush. Um, you're going to have to fly the ball onto the greens a lot more which could possibly favor an American guy that doesn't, I mean, I would, it doesn't favor, it doesn't eliminate an American guy that doesn't have much links golf yeah. experience. Yeah. I was going to say that actually, you know, do you think that the Europeans are at a slight advantage when it comes to the style of golf? But as you say, it depends on the course and the ever changing conditions. Exactly. There's specific shots that obviously apply more to Lynx golf. So yeah, lower ball flight when it's windy. And we were just saying there, you know, you just said that, running the ball up, that might not be so advantageous this week, but that's definitely something that you would think about with Lynx golf, you know, kind of like playing those shots that you're not relying on that high ball flight. Yeah. If you, if you watched last year at Carnoustie, I mean, the place was completely baked out Brown, the ball was running like crazy. And so I think this, this open is going to be totally different. It's green. Um, they're not expecting a ton of wind, mm-hmm. but I know there's a chance for rain every day. Um, so you know, it's it's. This is one of the most wide open of the majors. I think it is the most wide open of any of the majors. Yeah. Um, anyone can win. If you look at like, they put out a stat yesterday of the average age of the winners the last you know ten years. Um, the Open Championship is the oldest at thirty six years old, mm-hmm. and I think that's just because you know so much, so much experience is required in with links golf. So we've touched on a few things, but what type of player do you think is going to do well this week then? 
you know, I, I always kind of like the same guys over at the Open Championship. Um, you know, Rory's one of the favorites. Mm-hmm. This this could be a tough week for him just because it's home, and there's going to be so much pressure on him to perform well. And some guys thrive in that and some don't. I'm not quite sure how Rory's going to handle it yet. Um, you know, I, I love Ricky Fowler around Open Championships just because the way he fights the golf ball. Gary Woodland's the same way. I mean, his mm-hmm. his stinger two-iron is great. Um if if drivers get you know taken out of the hands of guys, then that helps Tiger out quite a bit. Yeah, but like I said, it's it's wide open. Um, what type of player do you think is not going to do so well? And you mentioned Tiger there, and uh, uh, you read so much crap online in the run up to a major, a uh, run up to any event that Tiger is going to be playing in. But a lot of people saying that they don't think this is going to be a great week for Tiger. What do you think about that stance? Well, I mean, he's arguably the greatest to ever play this game, so I don't. I think he can play well anywhere, <laughs> in my opinion. But um, you just, it's it's hard to say with him, just because he plays so little that you don't get to see any, um, you know, like hints of what his form is going to be going in. I mean, he he literally plays, you know, once a month, and tournament golf and at home golf are two totally different things. Yeah. Um, I hate betting against Tiger because <laughs> of all he's accomplished. Um, so you never know, but like, I mean, I have it on my TV right now and I mean, the place is really, really great. Um, so it's not, it doesn't look like it's going to get crazy firm and fast. Um, but I heard it's a great test. Yeah. What about Brooks Kepka? Again, another one that you're never going to bet against and Kepka's caddies from Portrush. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I talked about this on my radio show yesterday. I, I mean, until he proves me wrong, <laughs> why stop picking him? Yeah. Um, I mean, he's right there. He's right there every week and there's just something about these majors. He, he tricks his mind into believing that, I mean, he, he is obviously one of the best players in the world, but he tricks his mind into believing that no one can beat him. And uh, he goes out there and he's a, he's a force every week. And having, having Ricky Elliott know this place as well as he does is a huge advantage for Brooks. Mm-hmm. I did see something from his press conference where he talked about the amount he practices. And sometimes, you know, you can think, well, these guys can play it up a little bit for the media. I don't think he does, but he was very honest. And he said, for a regular PGA Tour event, I just don't practice that much. But I, I do practice when it comes to preparing for the majors. Yeah. And I mean, if that's the way he wants to go about it, where he's looking at four tournaments a year, then make good on him. I mean, he's won four of them already. Um, it, it's it blows my mind how he plays in regular tour events. I mean, other than the Byron Nelson this year, and um, he, I guess he went, he won in Korea. But other than that, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. His yeah. results are just not very good. Uh, well, he's almost like a different person. He looks like a different person when he's playing on the, uh, on the major stage. He, he does. I mean, he, I, I, I joked yesterday. I was like, he looks like me during regular tour events and he looks like Superman or Tiger when, in major championships. <laughs> Did you see the thing as well that Tiger said that he sent Brooks a text saying, hey, maybe we could play a practice round together and he got no reply. <laughs> yeah, and that's not surprising, honestly. I mean, that yeah. just shows you, like, I mean, obviously, if, if Tiger texts you, you should probably respond. But Brooks is like that. I mean, I bet he has 500 you know, unread text messages in his phone. I will share with you, though, that Brooks did change his number the week of the U.S. Open, so maybe Tiger just didn't get the new one yet. <laughs> Okay, I kind of hope it's that because, as you say, you should always reply to Tiger Woods. That would be hilarious if Tiger didn't make the cut to get the new number. Oh my gosh, how cringe. So um, with the SG Tour gaming app this week, we're going to be out in full force. When it comes to picking your team, 
I always think like the D category is such an interesting one, especially for an Open. Um, this one, not so much. I always feel like the field for the Open Championship isn't so kind of like varied as you do get for like the US Open. But is there any players in the kind of lower end of the world ranking that you are fancying this week? Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously there's a lot of great players over there. Um, you know, for me watching a lot of golf like I do, I know a few of the faces over there that maybe a lot of people in America really don't know, but there's a young kid named Xander Lundbard um, who played a couple weeks ago, played well at the Irish Open a couple weeks ago, who I think has got a world of talent um, and obviously plays over in Europe full time. Mm-hmm. He could be a kind of a guy, a sneaky guy that, I mean, no one's going to pick because they have no idea who he is, but uh, a really good player. So, like, another pick that I think that could really surprise is a guy that's won twice over in Europe. His name's Kirk Kitayama, um, played at UNLV over here in the States. Really powerful young player. Um, has kind of made a, made a name for himself over there, and he's playing in his first Open. Um, a guy that could, honestly, like Xander Lombard, kind of surprise mm-hmm. a little Maybe. bit. Um, yeah, and there's guys like Ryan Fox who hits it a mile. Um, actually, heard he played, got to play one hole today with Tiger, which was probably cool before Tiger cut over. But um, that's what's so cool about the Open is it is, it is open. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many so many cool storylines and everything. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's one of my favorites to watch. I love getting up in the morning, having coffee, and watching the Open Championship. That's the thing. You do kind of like change your schedule when it comes to the Open with the time difference. I've been kind of on that time difference over the past few weeks watching the Scottish Open last week and then the Irish Open the week before. And there's a guy that, again, when it comes to majors, can never rule him out because I feel it's only a matter of time before John Ram has one of these trophies. He won the Irish Open a couple of weeks ago. That was the second time he's won in Ireland. I know this is Northern Ireland, but he just loves this part of the world. And the fans seem to really embrace race him too yeah he seems to be maturing a little bit you know week in and week out I feel like him and Brooks are almost kind of the opposite like John plays really really well in the regular events and then kind of struggles in the majors Mm -hmm. whereas it's obviously the opposite for Brooks I think John might just put a little bit too much pressure on himself in the big events but hey he's he's learning maybe now's the time but I mean it's a great setup for him Good. Excellent. Right. Well, as you say, we're going to be getting up nice and early every day to watch it and follow along. And I hope you feel better. Thank you so much. Me too. What's your plan for the next couple of weeks then? Uh, obviously, we're nearing the end of the season. Yeah. But... So I'm actually going to hold on to the rest of my starts until the fall, um, until the next wraparound season. So I'm doing TV next week in Memphis. Good. And other than that, I'm just going to be hanging out trying to get my get my game ready to go in the fall. Okay, good. I can't believe that we're at this stage of the year already. It's crazy how fast Mm -hmm. it's going. I know. Excellent, Colt. Thank you so much as always and we'll catch up with you soon. Anytime, Diane. He's always so good. Always so good at um, just kind of going through the field, highlighting some dark horse picks that you might want to think about for your D flight on the SG Tour gaming app. More about that in a few minutes. But um, it's always, he's got so many good contacts. Like Colt's so well liked by everyone. He's got some great friends on tour and he gets really valuable bits of information that definitely help. So thank you to Colt. Now, Michael McEwen works for Bunkered.co.uk and Bunkered Magazine in the UK. He's Scottish and it's always good to just get his perspective. He's at Royal Portrush. So, Michael, I know that um, you're going to make me feel a little bit homesick with the Scottish accent here. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. It's um, it's a shame that you're not here. We've become so accustomed to seeing you at the Open over the past few years and this year you're not. So. I know. That's a shame. I uh, will be here. I'll be there in spirit. But I know, I wish I could 
have been over for it because, as you say, the past couple of years, we've had a good catch up at the Open. But yeah, I'm excited to watch it on TV, especially after I've looked at the weather forecast for the week. Yeah, it's not especially great, is it? I mean, it's it's sort of what you come to expect with uh, the western coast of Europe, the last port before you get to America. It's uh, always a little bit drizzly, but a little bit grey, a little bit windy. So, yeah, all the kind of elements that you'd expect from um, from from Ireland or this part of the this part of the world at this time of year. I've been talking to people about it though, and I've got no problem with there being bad weather like that for the Open Championship because it's links golf and the two go hand in hand. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're, we're so accustomed these days to seeing players play in the, the glorious sunshine and searing heat. You know, the professional tours tend to follow the sun these days. But yeah, the Open Championships, you know, I, I think back to when I was growing up and great Opens that I watched. Typically, it was great. It was overcast. There was a little bit of drizzle. Um, and yeah, it was windy. That's And the weather really is, you know, the wind and the rain, they really are the best defences of the Classic Lynx courses, Mm -hmm. of which, you know, Royal Port Rush is certainly one. So, yeah, I don't have an issue with it. I think it's nice to get the the thermals out once every so often and, you know, make use of the the waterproofs that I've spent a fortune on. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It always is. And um, it's shaping up to be an awesome tournament. So let's talk about some of the big news stories surrounding the Open. First of all, Royal Port Rush as a course. It's only the second time that we've ever seen it in Open history. What are we going to get from it? I think you're going to get a very fair but firm challenge. Um, there's going to be a lot of uneven lies. You know, a lot of courses, a lot of links courses, you can hit the ball offline a little bit and you're going to yeah, you're going to be in the thick stuff, but you'll probably have a, a pretty level stance. Port Rush doesn't like that at all. There's a lot of high dunes and a lot of uneven stances that players are going to have to take. So it's one of those ones that I think you're going to see a lot of irons off tees for position. Um, it's not going to be a typical bomb and gouge type experience. Opens never are, really, mm-hmm. but certainly not at Port Rush. I think you're going to find players trying to think their way around the course and you know, really pick it apart as opposed to, you know, just dismantle it by sheer brute force. So a little bit of brains required. I was uh, speaking to Darren Clark about this recently. No one knows Port Rush better than he does. Uh, he's grown up playing it since he was 12 years old. So, you know, what's that? The best part of 40 years playing it. And he said, if you try and overpower this course, you better hope that you're going to hit the ball straight because if you go offline and you try and be smart and powerful, then you're in all kinds of trouble. So, it's going to be a pretty classic links test, I think. Um, firm greens, lots of you know steep runoffs, and I think the player that's got the best imagination, who's patient and can cope with the occasional bad bounce, is going to be the guy that's going to win it. You talk there about Darren Clark um, advising players not to try and overpower the course, but how are they going to do that when I feel like the power game is so important these days, and there's so much emphasis on these big hitters and just how far they can drive the ball. I think last year was probably the best example of how Lynx golf was a great equaliser because you had some guys up at the top end of the leaderboard who are powerful big hitters and uh, you know, I think Brooks Kepka was up there towards the end but the guy that won it was probably one of the most methodical golfers in the tour and Francesco Molinari. You, know, you talk about great iron players and he's certainly that. So I think that Yes, power and strength is a, an increasingly big factor in golf these days and certainly at the top end of the game and mm-hmm. particularly on the PGA Tour. But when it comes to the Open Championship and it comes to these classic old courses, 
golf was never really designed to be played by guys with gigantic muscles and huge bulging biceps who work out six times a week. You know, it was designed to be played as a bit of a strategic pastime. Um, the Open exposes that. And I think the guy who's got the best iron game, I know that sounds really boring, uh, it's a hard sell, but the guys with the best iron game is probably going to come out best because Opens typically are second shot tournaments. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about Tiger Woods because we saw end of last week that Tiger's preparation for Royal Portrush <laughs> has involved him waking up at 1am and heading to his workout. Now, with the time difference, he was on the east coast of the US. It was a five hour time difference. So he's been trying to get his body acclimatised with playing over in the UK. We know that Tiger does like to wake up early. He, he's not a guy that traditionally has a lot of sleep but Podrick Harrington was asked about Tiger's decision to not play competitive golf between the US Open at Pebble Beach and the Open at Royal Port Rush and Harrington didn't agree with it he said if you're going to be playing the Open and you're going to be playing a challenging Lynx course that you need to be getting tournament reps in beforehand what do you think about that? I think Harrington makes a great point. And, you know, the guy's won two Open Championships as well, so he clearly knows what he's talking about. And it's funny that the times that Harrington won his Opens in 2007-2008, uh, he'd won the, the Irish PGA Championship the week or two weeks before, played on a Lynx course. So he obviously understands and reckons that there's some value to, to getting those reps in. But equally, Tiger's won the Open three times. And, you know, he's never played the, the Scottish Open prior to winning an Open Championship. He has a knack of turning up well-prepared. That's something I don't think that necessarily Tiger not playing means that he's not going to be prepared and that he's been you know, sitting around in his pyjamas playing his <laughs> Xbox and watching his kids playing football. You know, I think he will have prepared meticulously as he always does. Well, clearly um, if he's going to the gym at one o'clock in the morning, I can't think of anything yeah. less that I would want to do. I don't think my body would be physically capable of working out at 1am. I mean, you know, I'm mid-30s, but it's not that long ago I can remember being out and just heading out the door at one o'clock in the morning or, you know, more recently just getting home. The prospect of getting up at one o'clock in the morning to go to the gym, I mean, Oof. yeah, that's that's commitment to the cause. That's um, that's dedication to your, to your art. But, um, you know, it's worth remembering, the last time the Open visited uh, a course that hadn't, Staged the championship in a generation was back in 2006 um, at Royal Liverpool. Hoylake played host, and uh, I think it was the first time. What was it 50 years? So it's similar to Port Rush. And on that occasion, Tiger blew away the field and, and walked away with the prize. So mm-hmm. he clearly knows how to prepare for, you know, prepare best for tournaments, but also prepare for playing courses that neither he nor the field have seen before. So I've got no qualms. I think he'll turn up in great condition and ready to go. I did breakfast radio for a very, very long time and had to set that alarm for 4am, 4.30 in the morning. And, oh my gosh, those those days of misery are behind me, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, it's never good, is it? When you look at your phone and you see an alarm for 4 in the morning, you, you do make... You have to question your life choices at that point. Let's talk about Brooks Kepka because winning the PGA Championship this year, he was in the run for the US Open as well and in the run at the Masters. He's one of those people that I like to talk about him now very early on when it comes to the majors because <laughs> he's just a force to be reckoned with. His caddy is from Port Rush. I love that fact. What do you think of his chances for the Open? You've got a fancy he's going to be one of the contenders. I mean, you're right, Ricky Elliott coming from Port Rush is going to be huge for him. Um, 
thing I like about Brooks, okay, and this is something that you know, your players talk all the time about wanting to peak four times a season. And that sounds really easy to, to say because it is, it is easy, it's really hard to do. I love the fact that Brooks does it. You know, mm-hmm. so many guys, I, I want to peak four times a year. That's how I build my schedule. Yeah, Brooks has done the same thing, but he is actually making a habit now of being in top condition for the four biggest weeks of the year. I think it's just, you know, he's awesome. So many people say oh, he doesn't win enough regular tour events. So what? I mean, can anyone honestly tell me off the top of their head how many times Jack Nicholas won the Greater Greensboro Open or, you know, the Buick Invitational, the Los Angeles Open? No one knows because no one cares. The, the events that matter and that define golfers are major championships. Brooks has clearly figured that out and his whole existence seems to be primed around winning the four biggest events in golf. He's got a a decent-ish record at the Open. He's not played it many times, but he's got a decent-ish record. Um, it's just, it's got to the point now with Brooksbin, you just cannot rule him out. You've yeah. got to think that he's going to be a contender. And look at his results this year at, at majors, you know, second, first, second. Guy's trending the right way, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him get the Claret Jug. And how cool would that be? Because then we've got a huge off-season with the new schedule or a huge layoff in terms of majors, so you would have a prospect of him going to Augusta to complete the career Grand Slam along with Rory McIlroy. You know, that would just be an amazing storyline for golf. Yeah, it really would. And you talk about the fact that, you know, you can't overpower Royal Portrush, the importance of the second shot, the approach shot into the green and the, the finesse that it requires. We've seen that. That's been a real strength of his game. Totally, yeah. I mean... That's a, that's a brilliant point because people talk about Brooks and they say, oh, he's such a huge hitter and so much emphasis on his body shape and the fact that he works out and basically looks like the sort of guy that would you'd expect to see standing on a nightclub door telling you that you're not getting in. You know, he's, <laughs> he's got that kind of build about him. But he doesn't really get enough credit for how good an iron player he is. You know something? He doesn't get enough credit for how good a putter he is. Exactly. You know, and that this season, we've really seen that too. But totally. you're, you're totally right about that. I spoke to his brother last year, Chase, who's you know trying to take the same route. He's he's come over to the Challenge Tour and the season on the European Tour last year, and he said the same thing. You know, Brooks does not get anywhere near enough credit for the fact that when it comes to getting the ball in the hole, he's one of the very best in the world at it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's impossible to rule out. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a complete player, isn't he? He's got he's a total package. He's got absolutely everything. There's been a bit of a story around John Daly because he was in the field for the Open and then he asked the RNA if he could use a golf cart and they rejected him. So he's not playing anymore. He withdrew and Kevin Streelman got in after getting the best email from the RNA just saying like, hey, would you like to come and play in the Open? <laughs> Duh. What do you think about John Daly and the golf cart saga that seems to be rolling on? Yeah, it is rolling on, isn't it? Um, look, first of all, I, I feel sorry for John because, you know, no one would wish any injury or ailment or degenerative arthritis on anybody. It's it's terrible what's happened to him. Um, a few people are suggesting that it's because of lifestyle choices that he made and so on and so forth. You know, I, I don't know enough about that to comment. Um, all I'd say is he's clearly not in a, a, a good enough place to be able to play golf on the terms that he should be able to play golf on. And that's a shame. Mm-hmm. Um, does it mean that he should be getting special treatment and given a buggy? Absolutely not. You know, I'm, I'm quite adamant on that in the sense that 
if you were to compare it to, say, the Tour de France, you know, as a, a cyclist going to be allowed to use a hybrid bike to get up some of the steeper climbs because he's not quite as fit as he once was or he's not as physically capable as he once was, is a marathon runner allowed to run 20 miles instead of 26 because he's not as physically capable? Is a hurdler allowed to jump over less hurdles? I mean, it sets a bad precedent that John would get to use a buggy. Um, so I have sympathy for him, but at the same time, I don't think that golf should be making allowances because it's a bad precedent. You know, it seemed to me that at the PGA Championship, the PGA of America allowed him to do it because they accepted that he probably wasn't going to win. That's fine in theory, but what if, say, Tiger Woods or Rory McIlroy or Brooks Kepka are suddenly set by a debilitating condition and they want to use a buggy? You know, the precedent is then set. What are they going to do? So, you know, I think part of the part of the core fundamentals of golf is that you have to walk. You have to be mm-hmm. capable of doing it. Um, that's a key part of the game. And if John can't do it, unfortunately, regrettably, then he can't take part. So mm-hmm. right decision by the RNA to deny him. Um, but yeah, look, oh, who doesn't feel sorry for someone who can't do the thing that they love and that they're great at? I know, exactly. So let's talk about some other names for the Open. Who's taking your fancy to go on and win the Claret Jug? Um, sounds incredibly boring to say it, but I kind of fancy Rory to do it okay. because he's had such I don't such think a... it's boring. I think that's so exciting. I would love to see it. <laughs> it's, it's just it's a predictable name, isn't it? And you've got the romance, I guess, of you know being in Northern Ireland yeah. and doing it in front of his own people. Um, Rory's had a really good year, and I don't think he's getting enough credit for it. You know, people are very quick to jump on Rory and to say he's doing the wrong things and he's making bad decisions when he's not winning every other week. At the bar, he set the bar so high for himself and other people have since raised it unfairly for him. Um, he's had a great year so far. I think he's been fantastic. And I just get the feeling that there's a new inner piece about Rory. He seems more confident in himself, more comfortable in himself and just a bit more relaxed about life in general and golf in general. I think he's going to thrive on being the hometown hero at Port Rush and he knows the course pretty well. So, yeah, I, I kind of feel that he's going to do well. Another hometown guy I expect to do well is going to be Graham McDowell. You know, okay. he's, again, turned his career around. He's having a really good year. He loves being in the limelight, and I mean that in the nicest way. Not He's not an arrogant attention seeker. He just thrives when people are talking about him and when he's able to perform for the people. And when he's performing for his own people back home in his hometown, I think he's going to put on a hell of a show. So... Rory to win and GMAX on each way. That would be my uh, my betting. Gosh, okay. Right. Um, what about any of the... I, I love how you're going with the hometown heroes, but what about <laughs> any, any of the Americans? Any of the Americans. Ricky Fowler. <laughs> Ricky Fowler is my guy. Um, okay. He is so overdue a major, it's beyond belief. And I think he's got to win one soon because it's starting to get a little bit... It's becoming a bit of a concern that Ricky is going to end up being the greatest golfer never to win a major. And I think if he's going to win one, it's going to be the Open because he is absolutely tailor-made for Lynx golf. First time I saw him was 2007 at Royal County Down near Port Rush. He was playing in the Walker Cup and he was just this young 18-year-old guy, um, small in stature, so skinny. He had these ridiculously oversized baggy beige trousers on. Um, the hair flowing out from underneath the cap. He just looked class right from the start. <laughs> and then he played and he was just sensational. You know, Ricky's 
Ricky's got the lot. I fully expect to see him contending, um, and I would love to see him do it. Okay, cool. And he's got the flowing hair just now as well, so that'll be reminiscent of when you first saw him out there. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's going to be a... Like, all all the signs are pointing the right way, aren't they? He's, he's got everything going for him, so... If it's not Rory, and if GMAC doesn't somehow pull through, put all your money, put the mortgage on Ricky Fowler. Oh my gosh. But don't hold me responsible. Don't hold me responsible when it doesn't happen. (laughs) What about a dark horse pick? Let's look at some of them um, looking further down the world rankings. Probably someone like Mark Leishman. You know, um, he's been close at the Open before. Um, I don't think Mark Leishman is a dark horse pick. He's like up there. Mark Leishman's record in majors as well. I think it's just, he really enjoys being on that big stage and we've been seeing it because obviously he's one of our secret golf guys, but that win for him at a major, I feel like it's on the cards pretty soon. It's coming, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I guess dark horse in the sense that he's not one of the names that most people and probably over here have in the conversation mm-hmm. in terms of who's going to be the, the guy to watch okay, that week. That. He kind of sneaks up in leaderboards a little bit for people, certainly in Europe. Um, I fancy him to do really well. You know, he's, he was runner up, I think at two, uh, St. Andrews in 2015. So yeah, maybe watch him. Uh, who else would I suggest? Maybe someone like Brant Snedeker. Again, you know, you maybe expect him to do well, but you're going to have to putt seriously well at Royal Port Rush. And for me, he's one of the best putters in the world. So, yeah, maybe look towards those guys. Okay. I was actually in Nashville the other week and I was flying back on a very early morning flight to Jacksonville. And um, Brant Snedeker was on my plane. So I thought, all right, okay, that's interesting that he's going to spend a week in Pontevedra Beach, I'm guessing, playing golf or working on something before heading over to Northern Ireland. There you go. I wanted uh, to ask him, but I didn't want to be rude. <laughs> you didn't ask him. Ah, uh, well, I there you go. Hi. He's from Nashville, isn't he? Grant? Yes, yes. So I thought, oh, this that's is a cool city. I like it. My brother used to live in Nashville, so I've been there a couple of times. Yes. It's a cool place. Excellent. What about um, Port Rush as a place? What do you think about it? Yeah, it's really cool. You know, it's a typical sort of seaside town. Um, locals are all really friendly. That's a thing that Scottish and Irish people have in common is that they're really, really hospitable and friendly and. There's a real sort of carnival atmosphere about the whole thing. I think mm. people are excited to see it back. Um, for most people, they've never seen an Open Championship in, in the town before. Um, a few of the elder statesmen have some memories of it, but for most people, this is a new experience. Mm-hmm. You know, the Open, when you work in golf, I think you get a little bit blasé sometimes about the big events like the Open, but it is one of the biggest sporting events in the world. It's bringing some of the biggest names in sport to this small, tiny seaside town um, in the most northerly coast of, of Northern Ireland. It's it's so special and yeah, the town's buzzing. People are, are so excited to have something this big right here. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Harbour Bar is easily one of the best places to be. If you want to be seen in Port Rush, go to the Harbour Bar and order a pint of Guinness. Well, I'm guessing that's exactly what you're going to be doing this week. This week, every single night. <laughs> Excellent. Michael, thank you so much. And um, I always say this, but you're definitely one of my favourite people to follow on Twitter. What is your username on Twitter? It's at M McEwen Bunkards. Um, M for Michael McEwen Bunkards. You can get me there. And that's I very like nice of you to say, no. No, I you like are, it. You're one of my favourite people to follow on Twitter as well. Oh, thank you. But you tell it like it is. I always think that some people can be a little bit afraid to... <laughs> To put their opinions out there. Sometimes. Well, do you know what? I enjoy it, and you're always very fair, so that's it. I try um, to be, although John Daly would disagree because evidently he's blocked me. But I, I think he's blocked a lot of journalists, so I'm not losing a huge amount of sleep. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think it's a bit of a badge of honour when you get blocked by people these days. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm racking them up. <laughs> and of course, bunkered.co.uk. Go and check it out there and bunkered on Twitter. And if you're in the UK, then you can buy the magazine as well. Michael, thank you so much and have a fantastic week at Royal Portrush. We'll be following along and looking out for you. Thank you very much. Enjoy it. Thank you to Michael and also thank you to Colt as well for being on the podcast. So tomorrow the Open gets underway. Cannot wait to see this course in action. And the weather forecast is actually looking not too bad. As Colt was saying at the beginning, the wind is going to switch directions apparently um, from like the practice rounds at the beginning of the week to the tournament starting. The wind is going to be very different. So we'll see that in action. But hey, listen, all of that is expected when it comes to Lynx golf. The SG Tour golf gaming app is live, so get in the iTunes store and download that. Then all you have to do is make sure you've got your PayPal account, create a game, invite your friends, set the stakes and pick your team. So the whole field has been divided into four flights based on the official world golf ranking. You pick one from each flight and, well... Hopefully you're going to win some money. We have all the content on the app and the live scoring too. So you can check and see how your team is holding up against your friends. But it's in the app store now. Get it going before the open starts. SG Tour. We'll be following along with everything on our Secret Golf social media, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And we have our giveaway over there too. So Steve Elkington and our resident cartoonist Calder Chisholm have created these six exclusive tunes of our guys that are in the field. Mark Leishman, Russell Knox, Jason Kokrak, Ryan Palmer, Patton Kazire and Brian Harmon. So you could be winning one of these. I actually don't want to give them away. I want to keep them for myself. But that's on our social media too. I've said it once. I'll say it a hundred times. Twitter, Instagram and on Facebook. Just go and search for the post, click the link and it'll give you all the details to enter. Thank you so much for listening. And um, yeah, it's always exciting when it's a major week, especially the final major of the year. And we'll be back with another podcast next week to recap the Open Championship. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.